Hey, this is Jeremy Reisner, pastor of C2 Church. Thanks so much for joining us on the C2 Church podcast today. I hope it inspires and builds your faith and helps you see that God is up to something in your life. Enjoy the message. Amen. Good morning, everybody. I'm Pastor Jeremy, lead pastor here, and uh, we put up the tent just so it would rain, apparently. <laughs> so if you've been with us in our previous 4th of July uh, weekend celebrations, it's always on the parking lot, it's 1,000 degrees, no tent. We're like, we're going to put up a tent this year. It's going to be hot and humid, so you're welcome. Uh, what, a, what a great morning to be together, huh? Even uh, despite the rain, we need the rain. So I was, as I was worshiping, I was just like, Lord, thank you for the rain. Thank you for the green grass. Thank you for what you're doing, Lord. Let the, the rain of your spirit come into our lives, right? Amen. Real quick, not spiritual. I'm taking a selfie. Everybody smile on this side. Everybody smile on this side. All right. I just, that's for personal. All right. I love celebrating the 4th of July. I love celebrating what it stands for, the, the independence uh, of our, and the fight for independence of our nation. I love the stories of how our nation was founded, the sacrifice of individuals who believed so much in liberty that they sacrificed their fortunes. Many of the founding fathers died bankrupt and destitute. So much did they believe in liberty and freedom. And we are beneficiaries of that today. And um, I just love being together and being able to celebrate and have this outdoor service. It's a, it's a unique opportunity. I love that, that we celebrate by blowing stuff up. Right? If you haven't nearly lost a finger from blowing something up, then you haven't lived. Question, question your love of country. Uh, or, or you haven't barbecued and nearly burned down your house. That's the other thing. So that's what we love to do. And we, we celebrate a movement, really, uh, a movement uh, of personal liberty, liberty throughout the world. And, and the United States is the greatest liberty movement the world has ever known. The longest lasting, right? The most freedom ever enjoyed by, by individuals of any country. And we thank God. You know, when we talk about liberty, a lot of people think about the group that, um, that, that if you're a United States citizen or you're, you reside in America, that you enjoy group liberty. You don't enjoy group liberty. You enjoy individual liberty. That's how liberty works. Did you know that? Liberty is based on individual, not group rights. Because group rights can trump a single individual, right? We believe in individual rights. Everybody has the right to speak freely, to uh, celebrate their religion however they choose to, as long as you're not impeding on someone else's individual liberty, right? Do we understand that? Civics 101, I don't think they teach civics anymore. So mom and dad, that's up to you. Right? We in, in, enjoy freedom of speech. We enjoy freedom of religion. We enjoy the freedom to own pew-pews. Some of you think that was church pews, but that's not what I mean. That amendment is there to protect the first one, in case you didn't know that. But it was the ideal, right? The ideal that all people were created equally in God's image, right? We were created by God with certain inalienable rights. 
All men are created equal. All people are created equal. And I know people argue, well, that's not how it was when these founding fathers or how it existed back in 1776. But the ideal was written into the Constitution. And we have moved forward from that ideal to see equal rights and equal justice under the law. Don't watch the evening news. You may not think that. But men and women have sacrificed. I think often on occasions like this of my Uncle Robbie who gave up seven and a half years of freedom as a POW for the freedoms that we enjoy. Men and women throughout this, I was going to say room, but this under this tent watching online, many of you have served our country and we're so thankful. I love that 4th of July we gather with people we don't know out in parks and various places to watch the sky lit up with fireworks. There's something about the 4th of July. It doesn't matter who you are, where you come from. You gather together and you celebrate because in the United States, we enjoy those things together. We get to celebrate. We're connected by this invisible line of liberty that connects each one of us, whether you're a citizen or you've come here, you contribute to this great country. But the thing about this country is it's temporary. <laughs> it's temporary. It's not eternal. If you're a citizen of the kingdom of God, then you're a citizen of something that's eternal. And today, what we celebrate here is we're calling it a belong barbecue. If you've been to our belong parties, we have them after service and we celebrate people who've taken next steps in, their, in the discipleship pathway. We celebrate various things because we really believe that you belong here, that you belong in the eternal, in eternal family of God, but you also belong here at C2 Church. So turn to somebody and say, you belong here. And turn to somebody else and tell them you belong here. Right? You belong here. I think that's, that's the longing of every person. They want some place to belong, right? I love what Paul talks about, the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 12, 27. Now you are the body of Christ and each of you is part of it. Or the way I will translate that is every one of you belong in it. There's an open invitation for every person to join the family of God. When you bow your knee and submit to Christ, it's an open family. Everybody gets to be part of it. But that's why we say, you belong here. Yes, you too. <laughs> it's okay. This is what having kids is like, okay? If you don't have kids, this is just normal life. And we're okay with that. We, we belong together. Each of you belong here. And some of you are looking at each other saying, you belong here. You belong here. Now say out loud, I belong here. I belong here. Yes, you, me, the house is big enough for all of us, right? Look around, look around. The house is big enough. We might have to have a bigger tent next year. But the house of God ain't running out of rooms. It's always big enough. The bigger the family of God, the bigger the house gets. You know, one of the things that I do nearly every Sunday morning when we, when we gather before you show up as the band is finishing up their warm, their warm up and, and, and their preparation. I, you'll often find, find me wandering the auditorium. Pray, 
praying for God to fill the seats. Because empty seats break my heart. And they should break yours. Empty seats to me mean individuals who aren't here. Not just individuals who already belong, but I'm thinking about people who, who haven't stepped into the family of God. It breaks my heart. So we say, you belong here. Everybody say, you. Right? You belong here. But we also say, you belong here. It's all about how you emphasize, right? The syllables. Because you belong here. Now, I'm going to date myself. There used to be a show called Cheers, and there was this theme song. Does anybody know the theme song? You want to go. Everybody. You're not singing it. Do it again. You want to go. Where everybody knows your name. Dun, 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 uh. And they're always glad you came. Right at the camera. Dun, dun, dun. Right? There's something about that I think it touched so many people right where they live. We all want to belong someplace. This is what people are searching for. I think it's why the cultural climate right now. There's a movement to prey on, on those who are struggling with identity. They long just to belong. And so we have a culture right now that is sweeping in to grab up people who say, I have no identity. I don't know where to belong. And so we have a culture of evil that is just providing that identity. And church, can I tell you, we've got the greatest, truest identity that we can ever help somebody find, and that's identity in Christ. The identity in Christ. Everybody wants to belong to something. That's why being part of the family of Christ, and I'll, I'll bring it down even smaller, this church, so you're part of the big capital C church, but you're also part of the lowercase c local church, this church, C2 church. And there's something about being known, Right? When you, when you walk up, even this, this morning when you walked in and people are like, hey, come sit over here. Hey, put your chairs over here. There's something about know, somebody knowing you, right? Being known by somebody. There's something about knowing others. This is why we always, if you talk about small groups, we're so passionate about because it it's a place that you really get to be known, right? And some of you avoid small group. Can we just be honest now? Look at your neighbor and say, I know this is you. We avoid small group because we don't want to be known. We're afraid. We have shame. We have a past. We have things that we're hiding, things that we don't want to deal with, things we don't know how to deal with. So we, we don't get into small groups, right? It's not the only barrier, but I think that, that's sometimes one of those things. That's why you belong here means you need to belong. You need to find that small group. Each of us are connected. We each belong to one another. That's what the scripture says. When you enter into the family, it's not so that you can get. It's so that you can give. You can help others find belonging. You can contribute. You know what was really awesome yesterday? Was it yesterday, right? That this tent went up, right? Jim Gunderson, this is Jim's tent, I believe. Jim, can you set this up by yourself? Is he? Do you imagine that any one person can set this tent up? No. It took a whole team of guys yesterday in the heat while you were lounging eating potato chips and watching golf because you know there's nothing good on television, no good sports right now, all right? It took a whole team of people, each of them contributing 
Each of them contributing to a cause greater than themselves, thinking of the family that was going to gather here today. Each of us, according to Scripture, plays a, a critical role in the church. Paul calls it the body, right? When the body, when your physical body functions, it's because everything is working together the way God created it. There's not a part that's extra. They used to think the appendix was extra. And then they went, oh, we actually need the appendix, right? You got two lungs, most of you, right? But if you had to do without one, you'd still, you'd have some trouble operating. You miss it, right? Every part of the body contributes and it's connected, right? We benefit. I benefit from your contribution. You benefit from my contribution. Well, I'm not the pastor up on stage. I, I, I don't matter. I'm just, hey, I'm just contributing my gift and my part. You need to contribute your gift and your part. There's guys on the grill right now using their gift of barbecue. Hallelujah. Right? Yeah, you can give a hand for all the barbecues, barbecuers. We say you belong here. It means you belong here. Here is a special place. Here is the family of God. You could belong any place, but... Here is a special place. And again, I'm going to narrow it down to not just the family of God universal, but the family of God right here at C2 Church. We want you to be part of this church. There are so many great Bible-believing churches around our community, and we ain't fighting over the last unsaved soul yet. Right? You see, it's the gospel it's the gospel invitation. It beckons, it invites, it compels people to come in, right? They belong here. Not just you belong here, but the community of people that you live by, you work with, you go to school with, they belong here. And they need to know that. That's why the Bible says go out to the highways and the byways and compel them to come in. Everybody say compel. Compel, it doesn't mean force, right? Don't, don't read into that. We have to force them. We have to make laws to make them to come to church. No, no, that's not going to work. Compelling somebody means convincing them. Making such a great argument with your testimony that what God has done in your life, the way God has changed your life, the difference he has made in your life is so compelling, they can't help but want to come here they want to experience what you've experienced. They want to experience the God that you serve that's changed your life because your story is so compelling. I almost want you to be that passionate, like passion like the AT&T guy at Sam's Club. Uh, if you go to Sam's Club, you have to walk by that guy on the main aisle or, or that lady. Or, or they're, they're, it's either AT&T, they're selling cell phones, or they're uh, selling some uh, sort of uh, dish network or, or satellite TV. And immediately as you walk by, they're like, hey, who's your cell phone? So, hey, who, who do you have satellite? Hey, hey, hey. And they want to engage you and they want to compel you to buy their product, to subscribe to their cell service. They're going to they're gonna invite you with all sorts of free things. Hey, you can get this free phone. It's going to be obsolete in a year, but hey. Right? They're kind of annoying, but they want to compel you. They want to get you interested. They're going to tell you all the great things. What if you sort of adopted that mindset? Don't be annoying. But you know what I mean? Kind of picture in your head. If, what if I just begin to share with people what God has done in my life? 
And I just had, I had spiritual conversations. When God opens the door, when they talk about things going on in their life, you say, hey, can I share with you how God has helped me through my tough situations, how he's helped me make tough decisions, how he's, how he's helped me through health crisis or relationship crisis. Compel them to come in because they belong here. It's all of our jobs. And I want to I turn it to even just when we gather together. It's all of our jobs to be hospitable. That's why we do greet time, right? We want to greet people in the hospitality of Jesus, right? who gave up heaven to come to earth, who invites us into his house, right? That's the hospitality that we want to exude here. That we want to be people who carry that value that every person belongs here, right? If you think about the, the stereotypical church, and this is what I've heard, but I've also experienced in some regard, not here, other, other places. People, people don't want to come to church because... In their mind, the caricature, the stereotype is, well, I, I have to dress right. I, I don't know anyone. It's unfriendly. No one talks to me. I don't have anyone to sit by. They're judgmental. They're cliquish, right? All, those are just some of the things that people think about before they even enter the church, whether it's true or not. And I'm saying, C2 Church, keep breaking the stereotype. Keep breaking the stereotype that when people come in, they feel welcomed. It's a scooch over because you're going to make room for them. Everybody say scooch. Scooching is a value here. You scooch over to make room for somebody else, right? Have you ever been to a church where they, they're like, that's my seat? I've been to a church where they actually have like homemade cushions that have their names and they're like cemented. They're like super glued there. So you know that's their seat. We don't have that. I mean, I generally know where you sit. That's how I take attendance. Oh, I know where you sit, Paul. I know when you're not there. I'm just kidding. I don't really know that. But we, we're all creatures of habit, right? But that's the thing. We scooch. We're willing to scooch. We're willing to make room. Even this morning, I watched all of you kind of move over to make room for somebody else, especially because it's raining, and I loved it. But if we're not careful, we're just like every other, other organization. We start to look inward. Humans tend to do that. We start to look to our needs. Well, they didn't sing my favorite song today. Oh, the pastor didn't preach from my favorite scripture. Oh, I didn't really like that. I didn't really care for that. You know, when you start saying that, you need to just stop and remember that you've suddenly moved from being the person who's compelling people to come in to saying, oh, I hope guests don't come in because then I'm going to have to smile and shake their hand and be awkward. Blah, blah, blah. Be careful. It's really easy to do. I found myself in that place sometimes where I'm like, oh, Right? But we want to be that church who's excited that somebody's willing to step into the door. You know, it's, it's how many of you have ever stepped, been, been a new person in church and just stepping into the door was kind of like, oh, here we go. What kind of weird things are going to happen? How, is it, how awkward is it going to be, right? Have you been that person, right? I've been that person. You walk in, you're like, oh, are they going to attack me? Are they going to, what are they going to do? So we're not that, pe that kind of people. We have Marilyn Logan. She, she will track you down. But if we all start thinking about what we're getting rather than what we're giving, what happens if everybody comes to get and no one comes to give? What happens? We self-destruct. We implode. It's not a reference to that submarine thing. Too soon? Too soon. Okay. Moving on. But no one would serve. No one would do the things that need to get done. We'd have to sing 75 songs a week just to satisfy everybody, right? 
You get, a, you get 10 Christians, you got 12 songs that everybody has to sing, all right? So you belong here, but it's not about you. Everybody say, it's not about me. Look at your neighbor and say, it's not about you. Who is it about? That's the Sunday school answer. Yeah, it's about Jesus, but it's about them. Here's the, here's the last thing I want to say. F found people, find people. Everybody say that out loud. Found people, find people. Found people, find people. When we say we exist to build life-giving churches that lead people to find and follow Jesus, we got to go find those people. If you're a found person, you go find somebody. You find somebody who needs rescuing. Rescued people rescue people, right? So I'm going to give you three things real quick as we wrap our time. How do I do this? One, pray. Pray for the lost. Pray for the people around you. Do you have five friends, maybe just three friends that don't know Jesus or aren't connected in a church somewhere? If you don't, maybe you need to rethink your, your life. Maybe find some people who don't know Jesus. I'm guessing some of your neighbors don't, some of your coworkers, some of the people you go to school with. Pray for the lost and the disconnected. Pray for God to open your eyes and your hearts. When you come on Sunday morning, are you thinking, how can, I, how can I be a gift to somebody else? How can I encourage someone? How can I be hospitable to somebody? Who can I lift up this morning? How many of you know when you walk in on Sunday morning, sometimes you're still carrying the weight from the week and you're dragging it in and you're hoping somebody will lift you up? What if you become the lifter? If we each become a lifter, then everybody's burdens are lifted and we share in the burden of life. Pray. Second, invite. Invite people into your life. Invite them to church. Invite them to sit next to you. Join a, a serve team. Join a small group. Come to an event and be part of what's going on. And finally, lead the way. Lead the way. I love catching people who are just leading the way. It's not their job. I'm, they're not necessarily on the team. I saw a couple people last week jump into the parking lot. We didn't have our parking lot team, and so they went out and did it anyway, just to invite people in, part of our safety protocol as well. Just jump in, not because it's your job or because you're on schedule, but because this is who we are, this is who you are. Hey, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's podcast, I want to ask you to do three things. First, subscribe and share our podcast with others. Second, if God is up to something in your life, we'd love to hear from you at mystory@c2church.com. And finally, if you benefited from this ministry, help us reach others by investing today at c2church.com/give.